Good morning. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're going to pick apart a few of this week's biggest news items. Here to help me is my co-host, David Figler, and our newsletter editor, Scott Dickensheets. And we're talking about the MSG sphere, whether Nevada should legalize the lottery, and why Las Vegas is ranked the sixth best city for weed. It's Friday, April 14th. I'm Vogue Robinson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Good morning, David. Good morning, Scott. How are y'all? Morning, morning. Good morning. Doing great. Yay. So let's talk about this huge spherical mm, incandescent ball in the middle of the strip now. The MSG sphere has tickets that have now gone on sale. David, please explain uh, how this thing is going down. The (laughs) instantly iconic giant sphere. Yeah. So MSG, which stands for Madison Square Garden, also monosodium glutamate, also yeah. Marjorie Sailor Green, which is a drag queen who uh, operates out of Baltimore. Anyway, okay. um, no, I just made that part up. But anyway, the MSG sphere has been underway for some time. I remember the groundbreaking with Governor Brian Sandoval. So that goes back a bit. Um, wow. It has exceeded all its monetary projections. So it's multi-billion dollar effort. It's the biggest spherical building in the world. There is a lot of math that went into it. Uh, And people are really commenting on the exterior light stuff that's happening because it's pretty cool. So they are optimistically opening in October. They're selling tickets to what they're describing as the greatest immersive film of all time, but no details about what it is other than the title, which is called Postcards from Earth. Ticket prices start at $49.99 plus fees, and those fees can be pretty significant because they're going through Ticketmaster, I believe. Oh, great. Uh, The top ticket is $199 for a seat Mm. to see this film. But with fees, we do know that one goes all the way up to $236 for a ticket. So uh, better be some kind of film. Now, it, it's being described as being a immersive film, so immersive I don't know. Immersive film. Yeah. So what does that mean? Are they going to spray you with water? Like You feel the wind. <laughs> you you smell you smell the, the lava pits. I don't know what's going to happen there. It has a lot of shades of um, like a super duper Omnimax, if people remember that little domey that used to be on the strip as part of uh, Caesar's Palace. You remember that one, Scott? Omnimax? I do. I do. I saw a few films in there. Uh, certainly, Postcards from the Earth sounds like it's going to be sort of a, a high-end nature documentary. And like, I want to pay 50 bucks for that, to see that mm. in the round. Now, it's purported to be you know the highest resolution LED screen in the world. They're hyping it as 22nd century technology. Although I have to think that in like 77 years, uh, someone's going to invent something even better, but we'll see. Will a high-end nature documentary warrant big ticket prices and all the hoopla? We'll see. Mm. If that's indeed what it is. Postcards from the Earth just has that sort of super earnest, you know, animals in the wild kind of feel to it. I feel like I don't want to feel that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you, folk. I'm with you, folk. Like, if it's in the wild, I don't want to feel like I'm prey. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't want to pay somebody to make me feel like I'm being hunted. <laughs> You're literally in the water hole as the animals come up to drink right. all around. And... <laughs> like Disneyland in the in the like when they were really touting uh, like the Imagineer stuff. There was a time frame where we went. To, it was like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids too, or something. But like the dog sneezed and they sprayed us with water. And then like, you know, putting on the 3D glasses and like something looks like it's jumping out at you. And for me, I think that's honestly probably too much. Like I would rather actually go all the way back down and do like immersive theater. I think there are some movies that if it's the same way that widescreen is amazing for certain scenes and certain shots, there are certain things where it's like, yeah, it feels cool to be in it or a part of it. I don't need my movie to interact with me. I have feelings <laughs> like I'll I'll feel my feelings, but I don't need I don't need anything to touch me. I don't need to be sprayed with anything. I'm good. I mean, predictably, I'm just going to say predictably, so far local media has been very effusive about it, that it's going to be the greatest thing ever. And, really? you know, yeah, that's what they ever. do. But we really don't know. I will say this, that I am surprised that as much as, you know, a new different thing on the strip is coming and... Uh, it's going to be instantly recognizable in the skyline because it's so damn big that people aren't talking about the fellow behind it and a lot of issues because Madison Square Garden in New York uh, has not been faring really well in the New York media. The CEO named James Dolan has been accused of all sorts of things, using facial recognition technology to exclude his enemies from Madison Square Garden, hiring private investigators to follow liquor board investigators. Yeah. Deep dives, Dave. He's he's totally been sued by shareholders. They just had an $85 million settlement. He's one of those guys, you know, kind of older dude, a lot of money, my way or the highway. Um, Totally unfamiliar to the Las Vegas Strip to have those kind of folks uh, wielding. (laughs) But he's also bringing a lot of jobs here and a lot of energy. And Mm. So, I mean, eccentric moguls aside, Scott, do you feel like our skyline is changing for the better or the worse with the addition of the sphere? (laughs) Well, I think it sort of helps complete our our toy box set of shapes now that we have (laughs) a ball to go with our cubes and our pyramid. And I do think, you know, I do think, uh, you know, your architecture theorists might say it sort of takes a little bit of the edge off of the, um, you know, sort of the jutting masculinity of some of the uh, some of the strip buildings, if you will. Takes the edge uh, off. <laughs> it's a nice change from some of the cosplay architecture of, of previous eras in Vegas. I, I don't mind that. And while I have joked in the newsletter about, you know, calling Dr. Pimple Popper to deal with the, I was uh, just going to mention that, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. deal with the bulging growth on the strip. Wow. Uh, I actually do kind of like it as an, just as a visual element, maybe because it's so new and maybe because it sort of harmonizes with uh, the high roller, you know, in their circular shapes. Yeah. But but from afar, I you know, when I drive down into town from Henderson, I kind of like the aspect of it. Hmm. I'm curious if they're going to be running, and I assume that they are, the crazy LED lights on the outside of that sphere because they can do some really innovative stuff with that. I mean, that technology is rather cutting edge. Hmm. Uh, and even the test run so far, I know that, you know, U2 is going to be there uh, with at least three quarters of the quartet. And they're going to be doing something interesting and immersive. We, I think, I don't know if it's real or if it was just like a Photoshop, but they had like a giant baby on the outside that was really creepy. What? Yeah, I'm not sure. 
okay. Honey, I blew up the kid. <laughs> right. That was, uh, and it was, that one was set in Vegas. Like, that right. was one of my favorite movies. That's the one where you guys didn't talk about on that episode about uh, <laughs> movies in Vegas. <laughs> the blew I wonder up the why. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> what are the driver distraction implications is exactly. what I want to know. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. What did, when did you say it opens up? October, David? They're selling tickets for October right now online. Okay. Uh, but I'm just wondering if the, you know, escorts direct to you, people who drive up and down the strip are going to focus all their energies on the giant sphere and what that might look like. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out in October. All right. Let's let's shift gears and talk about other reasons people drive. Let's talk about the lottery <laughs> and whether or not Nevada should legalize the lottery. So state lawmakers have proposed a bill, uh, AJR5, to repeal a ban on the lottery in Nevada. It's interesting because our state's constitution literally forbids a state lottery. And that's since 1864, which is nuts to me. I'm like, what? That long? I've been like, no lotteries. Of course, we're one of five states that doesn't have a lottery. But since this would amend the constitution, it would have to pass again in the next legislative session and then also be approved by voters in 2026 before we'd even get a lottery. But, you know, there's some people who are sponsoring the bill, co-sponsoring the bill. Uh, and one of the people... Assembly Cameron Miller says that thousands of Nevadans already go to state line to go get tickets so we could be making money like that, that we're leaving basically we're leaving money on the table. And that's not a very Vegas thing to do. But I'm, I'm curious, David, I know you got some strong feelings about this. What's your stance on having a Nevada lottery? It's an extraordinarily stupid idea. That the voters oh. will, I'm guessing, overwhelmingly support. And not to say that the voters are stupid, but I just think that there's not a lot of information that's being presented with this bill. I think it's a lot of bait and switch stuff going on. Oh. I think that there's uh, a lot of stuff that isn't being talked about that's really, really important as we discuss it. Like what? Okay. Give me uh, three things. Str strap in. <laughs> <laughs> so lottery is undeniably a regressive tax on the poor. And I say that because in every state, if you look at the demographics, the people who spend the most money on lottery are in the poorest zip codes, straight up. Mm -hmm. It is worse odds than anything, right? So for those big lottos, whatever, imagine how hard it is to hit a royal flush on a slot machine. Multiply that by 15 and you're starting to get into lotto territory. I mean, it's absolute false hope. And I understand gambling has a lot of bad math <laughs> and, you know, uh, a lot of hope that creates destruction and stuff, but lottery is even worse. So that's that's really number one. It, it is a regressive tax. Number two, the concept that it's being presented as is, well, this will fund teenage mental health. Teenage mental health is not even a part of this bill. There's no guarantee that that's where it would go. And even if it were, no one has described how it would fund teenage mental health stuff. We don't have the infrastructure for that here anyway. Money per se is not specifically the problem. And there's no guarantee that if somehow a lotto funded that, that that wouldn't take away the funding that's currently there for teenage mental health stuff or mental health stuff in general to be redistributed elsewhere. I mean, it's just kind of a, a, a shell game in a lot of ways. And this is what every state that has implemented the lottery has. Scott, what are your thoughts? Well, I will say that anytime in the newsletter that I, I mentioned something like, you know, a tax on alcohol to fund aid for the homeless and 
things of that nature, or cannabis money being spent on education. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of responses of people saying like, I don't trust the government to actually put the money where they say they're going to put it when the money actually starts coming in. So I think there's a lot of sort of ambient distrust out there about, as David said, like where the money will go, especially when there are no guardrails in this in this bill. So I think there's a lot of people who would be super skeptical about that. And also, I'm, you know, one of the things that sort of jumps out if you read the coverage is that the culinary union is really throwing itself behind this this effort oh, uh, in a lot of ways. You know, they carry a lot of muscle. And so one wonders, like, you know, what's in it for them? Is it a, an effort sincerely on behalf of me- funding mental health? Is it some sort of, like, proxy skirmish for their upcoming labor negotiations? Hmm. One doesn't know. But one wonders why the culinary union is so hot and heavy behind this bill. That is weird. I think it's weird already that we don't have a lottery in Vegas, in Nevada. But I know numerous people, like we had a conversation about, you know, what would you do if you won the lottery? And uh, (laughs) it definitely makes me think about the whole premise of In the Heights. (laughs) Like (laughs) what keeps coming back is like people having that hope of like, if I win the lottery, like what would I do and how would I spend the money? And so there is all this. And I I don't think there's anything wrong with having a bit of hope and a bit of faith. I think some people it's their, their ritual or it's a thing that they just, they just do and they throw five bucks on and it's not a big deal to them. Gambling in all forms, I'm never very much interested in because I'm like, you know, the best way to, to know I'm going to make more money is to keep what I have. Like that's, <laughs> That feels like the most sensible thing. But I mean, I just wonder why is all the other gaming that is interactive and has all the bright lights and all things, why do they feel so threatened by a, a little piece of paper <laughs> and like five to seven random ass numbers? Why are the casinos, why are they scared? Because the money doesn't go to them. But I don't think it takes away. I think if you're if you're a person who loves that or you like your little scratchers, and I guess we don't... Do we not have scratchers, you guys? No, we don't. No, that's part of this bill is to what? allow that, too. <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's like, you know, what's the harm, I think, is what's being thrown at me. And I just think that we don't need to try to get more people into the mindset of gambling. Las Vegas is not particularly good about problem gambling treatment. We're sort of in the middle of the pack in the country with per capita spending. We ignore that aspect, but I think it's just this weird idea that we have gotten to the point in Las Vegas where we have completely accepted that there's no downside to getting more locals gambling. And that's what lottery is. It is to encourage more local people to literally gamble their money away for what's essentially a false hope. And, you know, it's like if if that's your 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 game plan, that gambling doesn't, you know, have any downside. Well, let's lower the gambling age to 18. Let's put slot machines in in emergency rooms while people are waiting. Ah, uh, David, let's no. go to the legislature and do paramutual betting on whether bills will pass. Is I mean, let's do gambling everywhere. Is that a slope you're slipping and sliding down, David? Well, I just don't like the idea that there's very little pushback from the problem gambling aspect Mm. to get more locals gambling as the solve to any societal problem as a revenue stream. I mean, that it's it's cannibalistic. I wonder if the thinking, though, is that a lot of the tickets will probably be bought by tourists who will throw five dollars or ten dollars or thirty dollars into a lotto machine on their way to some other thing that they're doing in Vegas. I mean, most anybody in Nevada who buys a lottery ticket is doing it, you know, in some other state. Some of them driving specifically to state line to do it, but 
most of us, when we're on a holiday in California or Arizona or wherever, and we buy some lotto tickets on the way to whatever else we're doing as just as a lark. And I think, I think they probably assume that a, a large portion of the lotto users in, in Nevada and Las Vegas will be the tourists, not, not the locals. Oh, I, I highly disagree. Huh. Once all the, it, it settles, all the zip codes where we have the most impoverished communities are going to be the ones that are buying the most. No one, no one visiting Las Vegas is going to go up to Eastern and Bonanza and and go into a liquor store uh, and do an impulse buy of of lottery tickets. That's that's not how it works. Also, like I just want to push back on the whole thing. Like we're losing all this money to California because look at the lines at Prim. Nobody from Las Vegas is going to prim to buy scratchers and wait in line. They're going when there's these giant events, when there's a billion dollars to be mm. won. That's anomalous. Additionally, for all those multi-state big pots and stuff, those get divided amongst all the different states. And so it's not like all revenue to Las Vegas. That's not how it works. Plus, every lotto is operating different ways. In Massachusetts, the state government only gets like a fraction of the total money generated. And none of that has been worked out here. Like. If you really are serious, like you want to introduce more gambling of a different sort, of a low, low barrier, uh, easy access, bad odds gambling into the Las Vegas community, form a study. Let's let's get all the stats. Let's look at how all the states do it and create a system that is least exploitive, if possible. But to just start kind of pushing it and pretending that this is going to solve a mental health crisis in Nevada is absolutely garbage. But David, isn't that the Nevada way? And it is. And so, you know what? Just saying those two words, you convinced me to change my opinion. Let's uh, go Lotto. No, people. And, and you know, for, for all this conversation is worth, a lottery has been proposed in the Nevada legislature over two dozen times since 1887. And it's always failed. I mean, like, you know, it could, a miracle could have, it could be a lottery, a Nevada lottery miracle, but I would be deeply surprised because I'm not betting on have... it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to bet on that too. But as, as, as you say, like culinary, why is culinary involved in it? I, I don't understand. I don't get it. I, I would love for them to explain why they decided lotto was a good idea, especially given all what we know about how lotto impacts the poorest in our communities. Mm. Mm. We'll invite them on the show to find out. Love it. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're not betting. It sounds like this team is not betting on the lottery making its way to Nevada. Uh, uh, it might. We'll see. It might. But are you going to place a bet? <laughs> <laughs> So let's dig into the next. <laughs> uh, Vegas has so many weird things. It's starting to feel like pandemonium out here. Las Vegas has been ranked the sixth best weed city. Uh, I feel like one of our producers, Sonia, was like, only sixth. <laughs> so I think there's some beef there. But Scott, can you explain? Uh, sure. To the extent that these things can be explained. What happened was an online real estate service and an online cannabis discovery site uh, so you can tell there's a lot of rigorous science involved, uh, came together to rank various cities, American metropolises in terms of you know, their weed friendliness. And Las Vegas came in number six. And David, with your keen head for numbers, I know you're wondering, what were five and seven? And the answer, of course, is um, we're just behind Baltimore, which is number five. And we're just ahead of Sacramento, which is number seven. 
And they, you know, the study took into account things like the legality of it here, numbers of dispensaries per capita, number of head shops per capita, which we are ahead of the pack in that regard. Yeah. How highly rated the dispensaries are. No pun intended. All the way down to like factors like how many Taco Bells uh, are, you know, are in the, you know, per capita Ugh. again. Directly across the street for easy access. We rank very high in the number of Taco Bells, which is, you know, I presume good for stoners and for gastroenterologists. But uh, so all these factors combined lofted us to number six. I assume, you know, once cannabis consumption lounges get underway, perhaps our our ranking will rise should two gimmicky websites ever decide to collaborate on such a list <laughs> again in the future. Oh, I wow. love gimmicky websites. <laughs> you know, shame on any local media that even uh, talks or reports about it. Shame oh, wait, on us, that's you us. Say? Yes, that's us. If you, well, David, do you think six six places fair, like our Buffalo, New York, and Baltimore, and Maryland, uh, and Portland, are they all really better cities for weed than us? Well, I will say, having traveled to a number of these places, I mean, Portland and Denver are definitely weed towns. Well, Denver, um, we know. Yeah, I mean, super, <laughs> Mile super. high. Right. Um, I don't even know. I have a friend who pointed out that the names are somewhat innocuous, and because of some of the rules, the advertising seems to be a little bit more medical or wellness forward as opposed to just get ripper and high and fucked up uh, forward. He pointed out in other states... You know, you go to a dispensary called Electric Lettuce or something like that. And here you're, you know, going <laughs> to the healthcare wellness center with, you know, it. the little green cross on the outside. They're all so pretty. There's, I forgot one of the ones, but like Thrive, Oasis, they all have such pretty, calm names. And then there's one that just has like this big old mural on the side of it. I don't know. Our, our, our dispensary. Cultivate. Yeah, they've got I'm a fan of Silver Sage Wellness, but, you know, I I represented them Disclosure (laughs) at one point, but they're lovely, too. There's, you know, but it's all, you know, very calm and it's not like balls high dispensary or something like that. (laughs) Which I appreciate. You know what? Our weed dispensaries might be the classiest. Okay, so we we may not be number one, but ours are classy. Okay, I like that. I like that. I mean, like, you know, how weed friendly do we want to be as a city? When I think about it, I don't know. I, I don't need I don't need it to be like a hot dog stand. <laughs> it's like, we get your weed here. So, well, Scott, Scott, what do you think? Yeah, Scott, did they even talk in this thing about, like, the quality of the cannabis that's being produced? Because, you know, all cannabis has to be produced in the state. So mm. how does Las Vegas cannabis measure up? Did they even think about that? I, I don't think there was any, a taste testing element involved in this, <laughs> although although pricing was involved and we are uh, slightly below the, the national average, apparently. So that yeah. also adds to our, our ranking. But apparently we're a few dollars under the national average. So Vegas, always a discount. <laughs> Whenever this comes up in the newsletter, I get, you know, as it did for the... Uh, you know, the new Amsterdam proposal that some of the cannabis owners were proposing for downtown, I get a fair amount of pushback from people who were like, I hate the smell and I don't like the bad element that it'll bring around. So again, I think whether or not we want to be higher on this list is is a matter of some public ambivalence. That smell is starting to rise a little more. I do notice it in other cities and now I'm starting to notice it even more so in Vegas than in, in prior years, and it wasn't not there. Yeah, especially leaving concerts or large events. I feel like the the it used to be like, ooh, somebody's smoking. Now it's like, oh, 
somebody smoking. Like right? it's, it's not a big deal anymore. And that's how uh, we're moving up the charts. But a lot right. of people really, really, really hate the smell. Right. Well, I think it's uh, smell is tied to memory, right? Like this is this is the thing many of us get taught, especially as writers. Like if you pull in a sense memory. So if you've been taught forever, oh, it's it's dope. You know, it's a horrible drug. It's so bad for you, et cetera. Then no matter what that smell is going to tie to that memory or you getting in trouble for, mm. for trying it or smoking or maybe you were around people who smoked it. So I think it's going to take a while for, for that attitude to shift. And I think that's a lot of what we advocates are are fighting right now is just the attitude towards it versus the actual science connected to it. And um, the stereotypes as to who uses it. I mean, yeah. I, some of the people I hear from, you can sort of sense lurking in the background their feelings about, you know, it's a bunch of dirty stoners who probably haven't bathed in a while and will mm. and will pick your pocket if they have the chance. And that's sort of you know, sort of stereotypical. They're at- too busy being attitude. high. Yeah. <laughs> that's ridiculous, of course. <laughs> but I mean it's interesting. It's interesting how Las Vegas has adapted to it and I think it's generally embraced. But, you know, this ranking seems a little a little weird. As long as it brings more Taco Bells to the city, you know, See, there what you harm go. can it do? Full wow. circle. <laughs> well, and we also have legislation coming up that's about, uh, you know, increasing the amount of weed people can buy. So moving it up to 2.5 ounces. So we'll see how that legislature goes and if that brings us closer to being weed friendly or or not. All things to watch out for. David and Scott, thanks so much for hanging out this morning, and I am grateful for both of y'all. Likewise. Thanks for having me. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our lead producer is Sonia Cho Swanson. Our producer is Layla Muhammad. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets. And our hosts are David Figler and myself, Vogue Robinson. Music is by OG Moose and All the Kimonos. We record this show on the traditional homelands of the Nuwuvi, the Southern Paiute people. If you enjoyed the show, go ahead and tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Take care. Thanks, Sonia. Bye. I know. I was like, until you leave, we're going to just keep. Yeah, exactly. It's like, who was that lady? (laughs) Okay.